Hello guys, welcome back to another episode. It is Tuesday today, I'm recording the 20th of Feb. Um, So it's only a few days ago that I recorded the last one. I am yet to be on like a regular schedule. I'm just kind of trying to fit things in when I can and I'm trying to do weekly podcasts, which means like very sporadic recording. So I'm hoping to get like ahead of schedule so I can start scheduling them out regularly again. Um... But yeah, it's just been it's just been chaos. And then with my trip to the states coming up, like I'm not sure I'm not sure what's gonna happen. Um, maybe I'll bring a mic and see <laughs> see what happens over there, as if I'm gonna record. Um, maybe I will. Who knows? I don't know. We'll find out. But um, I'm gonna go through some updates. I have a lot more inquiries rolling in. I think last time I spoke, I'm not sure if last time I spoke, I've been so up and down in my feelings towards everything about this. Um, I've went through stages like most of January where I was like, oh my gosh, nothing's coming in. What am I doing? And then I would get an influx and I'd get all happy and then it'd be quiet again, which is literally just the life of a freelancer and a business owner. Um, but it still gets me. It really gets me in the feel sometimes. Um, so I've had a really good day with that. I actually got a really exciting inquiry today that was as a result of one of the test shoots I did recently. So... Um, I mentioned last week where I, instead of pitching to brands and things, I was just looking to create more, create hype, create content, create connections. Um, And with the hope that through that, I'll get a broad audience with sharing from those people I'm creating with. um, And then hopefully some inquiries from people who like that content that I've produced and um, see it and want to book. So something like that happened and they reached out today. I have not officially booked it, but I'm very excited about it. And it's, if anything, it's just um, like affirming that I'm doing the right thing um, and that this will work long term. And it just gets me excited. So I'm, I'm just really happy about that. I feel like it's a little um, thumbs up in the right direction and a little encouraging slap on the back. So yeah, really, really happy about that. Um, I did sell my car. Super exciting. Um, (laughs) I sold it for a little less than I wanted to, but I'm just glad it's gone. I'm so glad it's gone. Um, So I got that and then I had, because of all of the crazy expenses lately, I had um, a little bit piled up with the bass and everything and I just got rid of it in one clean one clean swoop so I'm so I'm feel like I'm in a much better mental place now that that's just like off my plate um it was kind of like wasn't consuming me but it was it was bugging me and I with the uncertainty of not knowing if and when it would sell and how much for and like the cash flow issues that come with it I was just like kind of not happy with it so it's gone it's over I'm happy that it's done um I also have some pretty big expenses coming up, especially with my trip. Um, So I was getting a little bit, not frantic, but again, a little bit like frustrated and down on myself that like, oh my God, I need to book some more things because of this trip. And then like, what do you know, one week later and I'm literally booked out until April after I come back from the trip. So that's really good. Um, I've got some really exciting branding bookings that have just confirmed in the last couple of days. 
um, two that I'm really excited about. So that's that's cool. Um, and weddings are continuing to book out as well. I've only got five left for 2024 until I hit that like quota that I said I was going to book. Um, so after that, it would have to take something really special for me to take on any more than that because I just don't need to. And I, I feel like I've found that balance, um, especially with a few really busy months. October is going to be insane. September, October for weddings this year are already just mental. So, um, even if I have some quieter months in like June, July, they're usually like a little quieter. That's totally fine with me because I'm going to need that time, um, Come September, October, I'm going to be cooked. <laughs> um, I officially leave for the US in a month, a month and three days. Oh, wait, wait. It's pretty much, well, it's 28 days in Feb. So I guess a month, like a few weeks. Holy shit. Um, I'm really excited. I'm still reaching out to try and find some other people to create with while I'm over there. So if you are based anywhere in Texas or Miami, if you're a model, if you're another creative, if you're a couple, you want a couple shoot, um, I just really want to create over there. So please reach out or if you know anyone, tell them to reach out or hook us up. Um, and I'm going to be like doing as much content as I can over there. I really want to because usually when I travel, I get a bit like um, anti-photography and I get a bit like, mm, that's working. I don't want to work. And then I'll do a lot of like iPhone stuff, but I don't actually have much camera content. But I'm really excited this time to like bring my film cameras, obviously film my digital. I really want to get that Fuji camera before I go. Unsure if that's going to happen um, given time constraints, but um, yeah, I really just want to capture as much as I can in as many different ways as I can, um, because this is, it's a, it's an important trip for me in a way. Um, yeah, I'm just really excited. Running program. Um, it has just changed to the second block and it's added another run in the cheeky fucker. So now I'm running five days a week. I've done two already this week um, and I'm still trying to lift three times a week. So it is a lot and they're getting faster. So while the first 11 weeks I was like, oh, it's a lot of Ks, but this is pretty cruisy. Like I was just kind of bumping along Um, and now they're getting faster and I am sore. My legs are sore. I'm tired. (laughs) They like feel like lead. So this next, I don't know, 11 week block is going to be hard. This is like the meaty part of it. Um, so I'm excited to like, you know, I'm going to feel really good. I'm going to get probably fitter than I've ever been, but it hurts. It really hurts. Um, I'm finally, finally feeling like I'm actually getting stronger again too, which is funny because a week or two ago I felt like um, everything, I mean, I had felt like this since I'd done my back, but everything felt really hard um, and everything I did, I was just referencing it to what I used to be able to do and I felt really weak. Um, but last week or this week, actually, it was Monday morning, yesterday morning was the first time I went into the gym and I did my lifts and we did like, it was kind of testing. Not really. I didn't test to my max, but I just kind of moved through the rep ranges. And once I got to one rep that I did comfortably, I didn't try anymore. Um, and then we did some weighted chins and, and some other things. But it was the first day that I was like, I feel strong again. So I'm really excited about all of that. I feel like my health is peaking 
and that was the goal to like before my 30th you know have my peak health ever and I'm definitely feeling like I'm getting there so that's really exciting um the other thing I wanted to do is just share an audio from a reel that I really liked I used to do this quite a bit and I've stopped saving things like this I feel like I stopped kind of coming across a lot of them um but I definitely want to get back into the habit of like finding them again and sharing the audios because I don't know I just like I feel like it's a fun little segment to share the things I like okay here it is rather than waste your time being stressed over making the right decision make the decision right randomly choose now you can randomly choose if you want an almond joy or a snickers nobody's gonna care right it's the exact same thing about getting married or not taking the job or not you can only live one life if there were some magical way that i could live a life as somebody who's had three kids and somebody who hasn't had kids maybe i can make a comparison but you don't have that available to you so i say to my students should you go to harvard or should you go to yale so they made a decision to go to harvard so let's say it's terrible oh i wish i had gone to yale there's no way of knowing that yale wouldn't have been worse better the same Mm -hmm. and that's why regret is so mindless because the choice you didn't take you're presuming would have been better so I just love that. Like whenever we have are forced with decisions to make, it can feel exactly like that. It's like, what if I make the wrong decision? But I truly believe like there is no right and wrong decision. It's just like a pathway in life. And everything that comes after that will just kind of form around that decision. And it's not necessarily going to be better or worse. And even if it is, you'll never know. You literally can't judge on that. Um, so it just, I I don't know, I feel like for me, it gave me a little bit of comfort knowing that whatever you choose, you literally can't compare, you don't know, and that's just life and you need to just make your choices and get on with it. So I love that. Anyway, I didn't even tell you what we're talking about today. Today, we're going to go into crafting client relationships, the four essential elements of converting strangers into clients. Um, So this is, I don't think it's going to take too long, um, but it'll just be a meaty little bit of um, that whole process of when people don't even know you, they're literally strangers and the steps they need to go through and how you take them through these steps to take them to being a client. Um, So there's three kind of levels to this when people come across your work. They first need the awareness that you exist. Then they need, then they go through consideration. Do I want to work with this person? And then they make their decision. This consideration stage is the biggest stage because most people are going to be sitting here um, for a while before they even decide. Some people are going to decide right away. Some people are going to be instantly like, yep, I want to work with them. Some people are going to be instantly like, not, not going to work with them. But most people are going to be like lingering here. And what you do when they're lingering in this stage is so important. Um, some people might even be in this stage multiple times. They might make a decision to work with you, work with you, have a positive experience. And then they might be needing something again so for me it might be someone needing to update their branding again it might be someone needing a new um, launch drop something that they needed more photography for and then they're back in that consideration pool so why should we hire this person again Um, so those are those are the big three kind of stages that 
that our clients will go through. And the first thing that you need to cultivate to take them through a positive experience in that consideration phase is desire. No one will work with you without there being a desire built around working with you. So for some people in this, it will be an emotional decision and some people it's going to be very logical um, and like logistical. So the difference in that is say someone works with me because they really appreciate visuals, they really appreciate the aesthetic and they really have a connection to the feeling that my images portray. Uh, Whereas someone else might come in being like, hey, need this shot, this is the budget, this is the date, can you do it? Um, That person has no emotional tie to you or your work, they just want a job done. Um, Both are fine reasons, but there's, there's a big difference in... Um, how you, how those clients will be attracted. So with someone who really values a emotional response, um, then showing co- content that shows that emo- emotional outcome. Um, so this might be for like a wedding client. I might, you know, I do these reels all the time and that, that hook right at the start is crucial to get them feeling something about those photos so I think the most recent one I did was um, you know point of view you're finally marrying the love of your life and everything about that will contribute it's the music to it it's the wording it's the images that appear to the beat it's everything about that will you know cue an emotional response in them and they're like oh my gosh those photos make me feel this I want to feel that looking at my own photos I'm going to inquire with them Whereas someone who's very set on the logistical side of things, they're going to be like, they want to see how they can have, like if you show them a monetary return on their investment, if you show them like a case study that's done that, that's what's really going to attract them. And other people just want their ego stroked, which is totally fine, (laughs) but they might not tell you that. So understanding your client um, understanding understanding what they want versus what they say they want compared to what they actually want. So someone might come to me and be like, um, yeah, I want some, um, some portraits taken. You know, this is kind of what I'm thinking by the beach, whatever. Um, they want to look good. There's no, there's no way around that. They want to look good. They want their ego stroked. This can be addressed in like a few different ways. You can like kind of tie it into that emotional thing. So one way I would do that is being like sharing something about emphasizing the importance of documenting every era of your life. And I do this too. Like, don't get me wrong. I did a shoot last year when I had some pretty big like life changes and I did a shoot that documented me at that time. And I was really focusing on my health at that time. So I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, I want to look good. Um, Another way to do this is a lot of people will advertise like your revenge photos. So when people get out of a breakup, they want to look really hot and get these photos done. Like there's ways to do it. But the key is just understanding your client and what they want and being able to mirror and communicate that back to them. So the more desire you build in these ways, the more value that they will see in you and the more you can charge premium rates for that. Um, so that's kind of the desire block bubble in one. The next is the authority and credibility. So showing up as 
the person in that industry to go to. And this is all about niching down, showing you're the best person at what you do in that niche. Um, you can build this in many different ways. First and foremost, it's only sharing that niche. So for me, I split my commercial and my weddings. And I, if you've been listening to this for a while, you know my commercial side has been ebbing and flowing and changing kind of things all around. You now know that I'm going into fitness and athletic content, but it's in a more aesthetic alternative kind of way than like your classic fucking Getty images. So what I'm niching into is that kind of stuff, but in an artistic way. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm adding some portrait things in there, but my key target is really that kind of athletic world. Um, within this, you need to share your thought process, your concepts, your like credibility and authority in this niche is going to be the major thing to, to build that. Um, this can be showing external validation, like certifications. This can be um, showing your great what you do through your work. This can be case studies, testimonials, reviews, things directly from clients. Um, so those three, the case studies, testimonials and reviews are great at building this authority and credibility, but they're not all interchangeable and there's definitely a time and place to use each of these for example a case study when you're building out like a transformation that you took a client through I posted one of these the other day um, and it's basically showing before you worked with them the process of how you worked with them maybe what the challenges were what you overcame um, and then the after and then the result that they got from your work with them. Now, this doesn't matter who it is. Um, it can be literally anyone, small business owner. It could be a larger business. It doesn't really matter who it is. What matters is the details included in this. Um, I will be honest, <laughs> mine wasn't a, the greatest case study ever, so don't look at mine as a perfect example. But in an ideal world, you could sit this person down and interview them and get some statistics and get the results and really like do a in-depth interview about everything you went through together and what the end result was. Um, the next one is a testimonial. So I could have a client that's like, Jack was an amazing photographer. I loved my experience. But if you're sharing something like that, it has more weight if it is someone that people know. So for instance, if I had that review, that review on Google and it just said, Kate, it's like, okay, who's Kate? Did someone make Kate up? Are you putting fake reviews on? Like we don't know. So this is why testimonials are really good when it is someone that your ideal clients know of. So for me, if I worked for one of the top, I don't know, CrossFitters, and I got them to write me a testimonial and I pair that with the imagery or video with them and then I use that to advertise to brands within that industry or other athletes within that industry who know that person, that testimonial suddenly has so much more weight because people know who it is and people know that it's not a made-up thing. So that's huge social proof. And the next one is the review. So this is really good to build authority on a scale. 
Um, I use Google reviews. Um, but like not everyone you work with is going to leave you a review even when you ask. If you're not asking your clients for reviews, all of them, you should be because it takes – oh like 0.5% of people are going to like unprompted leave your review and it has to be pretty special for them to do that. Um, so always, always asking for, I mean, unless you, unless you think they're not going to give you a good one, then maybe don't ask for one. But if you feel like you've done a good job, for everyone you should be asking them to leave a review and these are really good on scale. So if you have like 20 to 100 five-star reviews on Google – People don't really care so much about what the individual reviews are saying. They more so care that you have a large-scale five-star review in general. Um, So if you're someone who has like – if you're like a boutique design agency and you only have like 10 clients a year and these are really high-paying clients but you only have time for very few – then you're probably going to do a much better job with social proof doing um, case studies and testimonials because if you have 10 clients and you ask them all to leave a review that probably only maybe eight are going to if you're lucky, that's not really enough in a year to have, like it's going to take you a long time to build this high volume social proof. Um, So it's probably better you study, you focus on the case studies and the higher profile testimonials in that case. The next thing is relationships. As a freelancer, your strengths and weaknesses as a person are going to be visible through your business in a way. So you need to build your relationships showing you're a human being. People want to work with other people. They don't really want to work with organizations as much. So treating and communicating your services as such will help build these relationships. The best jobs that I've ever had and the best clients that I've like when I walk away and I'm like, fuck, that job went really well. Like I know for sure they're going to contact me again. I know they're going to be happy with the result and everything just went really, really well. Like their whole experience was top notch. It's all because I've connected with them on a personal level. It's because we've shared the same beliefs, the same views, like we get along well, there's rapport there. We've built a relationship. It's not just coming in and doing the job. So that is huge and a lot of the part of that how you do that is built into the next stage which is showing parts of yourself as a human being and this is through consistency so if you're if you're a a digital service a service provider something um, and you're marketing online say your Instagram is your major marketing feature which it is for a lot of people If you're just sharing a little bit of your work here and there and you're not really showing up, you're not going to be seen as a human being. You're going to be seen as this label of the brand. Um, And a lot of people do this and some people are quite successful doing this. Um, But it's not – I would say they're the outliers. So consistency in showing you're a human being over time consistently again on your socials in your marketing is essential it's not a one and done either so even if you get a a lead and you nurture that lead and then you drop off and then you like come back a little bit and then you drop off again you need to be like consistently there and this kind of goes into the three percent rule so only about three percent of people 
who are aware you exist are ready to book you right now. Everyone else isn't there at the right time. So maybe they know they want to book you for their wedding someday, but they're not even engaged yet. Like they want you, but it's not the right time. So for the rest of that 97%, if you're not continuously top of mind, then when it does become the right time, they might not book you because you're not top of mind. They might have forgotten. Um, by continuously staying top of mind and sharing all of these things, your personality, your stories, everything that sets you apart, this will all keep you top of mind until those 97% are ready. Um, if you're not top of mind when it comes to that that person to book somebody, you're not going to get the job. Um, so first you need the lead and then you need to know how to communicate to them. And here's where the rule of seven can come in. So someone needs to know about you, hear from you like seven times. There's seven different touch points before they become a client. And this seven, it's not exactly seven. It could be more, but it, it just reinforces that you really need multiple, multiple, multiple touches to that person before they become a client. And this is consuming any piece of content. It could be coming across a post you did. It could be um, running into them in the wild. It could be they heard an interview of you. They read an article that mentioned you. Um, They saw a video with you, like a friend mentions you to them. Like any of these things um, add up to those touch points and will contribute to whether they book you in the end. It's very, very unlikely that um, someone will book you right away. Um, There's also like a 10-10-80 rule. So 10% of people will hire you no matter what. 10% of of people will never hire you (laughs) no matter what. And 80% are on the fence. Again, these statistics aren't exact. They – the – percentage that are ready to book you no matter what is probably less than 10. The percentage that are never going to hire you no matter what is probably more than 10. But it just emphasizes that most people are in that middle zone and they're on the fence. And that's when they those chunk of people need to be nurtured. And if those chunk of people you can touch on that seven times, you're way more likely to book them. Um, the next thing is you, this even like counts with referrals so it with past clients it pays so much to even stay top of mind with your past clients because they're the ones who are going to refer you so for me my I don't do paid advertising most of my work comes in through word of mouth referrals and organic Instagram so with referrals I mean what's required for someone to refer you they need to meet someone who expresses a need for something And you need to be top of mind for them to refer you to that person. So that person who's asking the friend needs to be ready and the person referring needs to immediately think of you. Staying consistent is the way to do this. So no matter what you're doing, you need to be staying consistent with staying top of mind for everyone Um, there's so many different ways you can do this. Um, I choose to hammer the socials. I mean, if I, if I didn't live a social, if I, if I didn't live a life where I was running my own business that really revolves around visuals and socials, I wouldn't be on socials this much, but it literally 
defines my work. So I'm like every day there needs to be stories. There needs to be something that either shows my personality, shows my interest, shows what I'm doing, shows my work, um, shares something I find interesting. Every single day I'm spending a lot of time doing that because I know and I've seen that that's where the majority of my work come from. So consistently doing that will help you stay top of mind for both past clients and potential leads. Um, You can think of ways where you can automate these things or create patterns. Um, So for me, like the podcast, that's one way of creating a touch point because I might pop up in your your Spotify if you follow me um, every week. So if you see constantly seeing a new episode, you could be like, oh, yeah, forgot. Like I, someone's just asked me for a photographer for this. There's always opportunities for these touch points. They could get an email. Again, you could run into them. There's just, there's so many things that contribute to this, but the very, very, very key thing is consistency. And I see a lot of people kind of ebbing and flowing and doing really well and then stepping back. Um, but the people who just knock this out of the park do it consistently. The one that pops up to me so much is Rachel Canal. She's a photographer in Melbourne. And I swear to fucking God, every single time I'm on Instagram, it's like, oh, she just posted a video. She just posted a video on TikTok, sorry. She's constantly, constantly at it. And she's doing very well because she knows the formula and she sticks to it. Not everything that you create is going to pop off. Not everything's going to go viral. But the recipe is you just stay consistent and you just keep posting. You stay on brand, you share your expertise. And at the end of the day, if you're doing all of those things, it's going to work out for you. So that is, wow, I really churned through that. I thought that was going to be like 20 minutes longer than that. Um, (laughs) Sorry if um, I didn't come up for a breath. But that's pretty much like all of the stages that people need to go through, that awareness, consideration and the decision. Most of the people in that considerations phase and you really need to stay top of mind and consistent to make sure when those people are ready, they think of you. Um, I hope you liked this episode. I did ramble a little. I'm sorry if that wasn't super clear. Um, If you have any questions, you can reach out through DM. Um... I think you can leave little comments on Spotify on here too. I haven't really figured that out yet. Um, Someone try that if you can. And if you would like to hear any other particular topic, if you'd like to hear from anyone else, I've got some exciting interviews coming up. Um, I've just kind of stepped back in the last few months. so I'm only just like trying to schedule everything now. So there are a lot of exciting things coming, but I just need to get them on the calendar. But thank you for thank you so much for listening. And I will talk to you next time. Bye.